0: Hello, you are listening to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is Sarah Jensen, my wife. Hello. In this episode, we are continuing on the conversation of 30 things that I've learned in my 30s. Yes. Uh, the last episode, we did 1 through 15. If you missed that, I'd recommend maybe heading over to last week's episode um, and listening to that one first, because this episode is going to be number
1: 15 through 30,
0: 16, number 16 through 30 Yep. um, of all the things, just some life lessons. Yeah. Isn't everything I've learned It's just uh, the things that came to mind uh, when I was writing (laughs) down 30 things that I've learned. (laughs) (laughs) But before we jump into the conversation, just want to give credit where credit is due and that this podcast is produced by the members over at JensenAV.club. That is our Patreon page. And this week's episode is Associate Produced by Greg Stratton, Greg and Christy Jensen, and Karen Carmen. And it is produced by Christian B. Schmidt. If you um, don't know what the Jensen AV Club is, that um, is our Patreon page. It's where you can go and you can support us and you can support this show while also gaining access to exclusive content and um, deeper access to, to us as. Humans, as artists. (laughs) As
1: human beings. Um,
0: And so we do things over there like give director's commentary on uh, the videos or a monthly newsletter from Sarah diving in deeper into the things that we created that month, a monthly live stream, um, one-on-one coaching with either one of us um, and many other things. If you want to check out um, the perks that you can gain by supporting this show on a financial level, um, you can do that by going to JensenAV.Club. Thank you so much to all of our Jensen A.V. Club members. Shout um, out. Whoop whoop. Um, <laughs> and thank you for um, making this show possible. Again, that is JensenAV.Club if you want to check it out. So moving into this week's show. We're continuing on, like I said, uh, 30 Things I've Learned. So if you missed last week's show, um, it came out the day after my 30th birthday. Yeah. Um, And I-
1: So you've been 30 for a week.
0: Yes, I am now now. 30 in a week. (laughs) I'm in my 31st year of life. Yes, you are. And so um, there has been a lot of things I've learned One of the lessons that I have learned um, is that I still have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, There will be from now to 40, I will learn more than 40 new things Mm -hmm. um, in my life. But jumping back into this uh, list here, number 15 was negativity is toxic and infectious. Mm -hmm. Um, Number 16, self-awareness is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that we have said on this podcast a lot, um, but that is a a lesson that I learned, I would say, probably in my mid twenties, um, that ultimately self awareness is everything, and mm-hmm. that the the only way to growth, yeah, is through actually being self aware and being, it's it's knowing the whys behind your whats, mm-hmm. it's it's knowing. The why's behind the how you act, and you know all that type of stuff. And ultimately, I think that is probably the the core of self awareness is knowing why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that knowing why is the ultimate power you can have in your life. Yeah. Is 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 being self aware in the things that you do knowing being self aware so self aware that you are aware of your flaws
1: Right. And I mean, I would say, arguably, that's the most important yes. part of self awareness. is yeah. Because without being aware of your flaws, you can't grow. Right. So,
0: it, but it is also important to be aware of your strengths as well. And totally. you can be just as blind to your actual strengths as you are to your actual. I mean, flaws. I'm probably
1: more blind to my strengths than my flaws. Yeah.
0: I would say that in <laughs> that, I, you know, I would say naturally you and I are yeah. completely opposite in that. That. Yeah. I am naturally more aware of my strengths, and, I, and I'm and i confident in my strengths, and I'm willing to step out and operate in those strengths. Yeah. You are naturally more aware of your flaws, and yeah. um, uh, naturally more are, um, what would you say? Because it's not operate. It's like held back by your flaws. Um,
1: yeah. Well, in, I, in, in I the, think I'm just way. so much more focused on what's wrong with me and how to fix it versus okay, well, this is what I do well, so let me let me try doing that. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: It's, it's, it's like being a, so aware that, um, I guess maybe it has more to do with um, n- not being uh, fully aware, or I guess maybe just not fully confident in your strengths. Um, I would
1: say both. Like yeah. if you ask me right now to name my strengths, I don't, nothing is coming to mind. Yeah. So... <laughs>
0: But then, on the flip side, for me, it it, yeah. it takes much more time for me to recognize the flaws, right? Um, and for me to truly recognize and be self aware of the of the growth areas and and the things that I need to you know change and yeah. grow in and, and all that type of stuff. Um, which is interesting. Like to think about just yeah. between the two of us, um, yeah, that we're like kind of opposite in that way. But I think most married couples probably are are good at um, showing each other <laughs> your flaws. Um, but I think yeah. that we do have a good yin and yang thing going on here where you are able to find and articulate and help me in those areas of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, growth opportunities. Mm-hmm. I love this- that
1: that is the new thing we say now. <laughs> Here's your growth opportunity. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, in the same way that I, you know, right. recognize and encourage and, you know, try to help you um, operate in, in a lot of the strengths that you aren't confident in. Right. Um, I don't know if I've ever really succeeded, but I try to. It's um, probably
1: more on me though than you, like, honestly.
0: Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> I, I try to be you know encouraging, but yeah, you know, so there's that. Yeah, um,
1: self-awareness is everything.
0: Yeah, and we'll, uh, we've said that a hundred times on the, we probably. Keep we, saying it a hundred times. Yeah, this time. is like episode 44 or something. Uh-huh. I don't remember the exact number, um, but if it is type of 44 then we probably said it 44 times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh 17 sex and intimacy are not the same and without intimacy i am empty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is something that i've learned uh through my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um you know, especially in my early 20s i equated that sex in the act of like sexual intercourse that was intimacy like that Mm -hmm. that those two intimacy the same thing intimacy would be defined as sexual intercourse Uh um but as i matured and grew and discovered and just in in all ways i just have learned that there is a major difference between sex and intimacy and you can easily have sex without intimacy, mm-hmm. um, and you can also have intimacy without actually having sex. Yeah, um, and I have through learning the difference between sex and intimacy. I have also learned that for in for me and my I guess love languages and things like that, in the way that I am energized mm-hmm. through relationship is that I need intimacy mm-hmm. between us, like between. You know, I guess you're my wife, so um, talking to you. um, But uh, (laughs) you know, generally speaking, though, it's like in my relationships and in my relationship Mm -hmm. with you, it's like I desire and much more require and need intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, In you know whatever ways that means, in intimacy comes with, uh, can coincide with sex, but doesn't require sex for intimacy
1: well they're not the same definition yeah yeah
0: i mean because there's you can easily like just have sex and there's no intimacy involved
1: right i feel like that's pretty understandable
0: yeah um but then there's the deeper thing of intimacy and you can literally be intimate with one another without even touching Mm -hmm. that one i have the love language a strong love language in physical touch so it is intimacy is a little bit tied to more of a, of physical touch in that but i but it is intimate like conversation is in the same vein yeah but you know just holding each other just you know kissing just like holding hands all of that can feel and is you know can can hold way more intimacy Right. in that than just the physical act of sex um, yeah. and so that is something that I have uh, learned and grew in and realized that you know whatever like yeah sex in, in the, is not the like thing I'm looking for in, in to fulfill me it's intimacy
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: um number 18 you can honor and question authority at the same time.
1: Yeah, yes. I feel like it's interesting because if you think about that in the like church world, like honoring authority makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But not not questioning authority, really. But then in the um
0: regular world, world, what yeah. do you
1: want to call it? The, the world. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the idea of honoring authority is like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean it's it, it I feel like it really depends on on what uh perspective you're looking at yeah, de- depends on how that is like defined. you right. know what I mean for sure because like honoring authority is not a thing that you learn or are taught in any sort of capacity in like work or school or whatever mm-hmm. but there is something really, really. Mm, fulfilling i don't know about honoring your authority well because it's really just like honoring people right but not accepting everything that they do as ultimate truth or whatever like you were saying you're allowed to question people who are above you but that doesn't mean you're allowed to disrespect and dishonor them
0: a prime example would be in a um boss employee relationship that is something that that person has authority over you mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're perfect and that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be questioned they're not um, a dictator mm-hmm. um, this isn't an authoritative regime yeah um, you know it's just a job but they also should be honored and, and held um, you know, should give them the honor of the position that they have in that if you are questioning them if you have a problem with them this isn't something that you should be bickering amongst your uh, peers right. and especially your your subordinates or you know whatever in the hierarchy of of most uh corporate yeah. jobs um that is just gossip, negativity, um, uh, bad work culture, um, it's that type also, of thing. Yeah. And if you have a, you know, if you are questioning that authority, if you are questioning um the person, I guess, in authority, it is your responsibility to honor them in that and go to them directly, go to them personally and say, you know, whatever it is that you need to say. Yeah, um
1: unless it's obviously something very personal you can go to hr i mean there that's why hr exists yeah. if it's some sort I, of harassment so or whatever I, the
0: life lesson that i wrote down hasn't is not about like that your boss is like you know sexually yeah. harassing or right. you know verbally abusing like none of that type of stuff it's more so that just that it, it, you have you you think that what they are doing the decision they made is wrong or you think you have a better idea for how this thing could be run or um the way yeah. that they are going about delivering certain messages is creating a bad work environment um, right. for for you and your peers. you know it, it, that type of stuff is you have the right to question that person in, in that is in authority, but you should choose to do that in honor yes and go to them directly, speak your um, you know the, the things that that you you feel. Are need to be um, questioned, resolved, mm-hmm. whatever it is, versus um, just bashing, gossiping, or even just you
1: know, g- going, going, going to back. them. Even just going to them, but doing it in a disrespectful way is still not honoring. You yes. know, you can say something to somebody's face and not be honorable. Right. So it's all about in your character and and demeanor. Yep.
0: Yeah. And in the same way that, like, if you were in a, a meeting of like a, a you know boardroom or whatever, there's a whole bunch of people around. Everybody's allowed to speak freely, and and there's you know obviously somebody there who is an authority of the meeting itself, or is an authority of everybody in the meeting. That type of thing, you can still speak and and um, question and yeah. you know bring up things and even completely disagree mm-hmm. with the decision, and you can do that in honor and you can do that um, yeah. in love in a corporate environment. You know, uh, saying in love may. Confuse, but I what I mean by that is that we are all humans. Yeah. And we should all love one another as fellow humans. humans. Yeah. Number 19, your character is only as strong as your last day.
1: Yeah. That's so true. Like if you, I don't know, leave a job or whatever, <laughs> the, I feel like the general um disposition of people is to check out you know Mm -hmm. once you know you're done you're done and regardless of how much longer you're at that job or in that city or whatever it is yeah our general disposition is just to check out Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah that doesn't exactly prove your character and it's much more rewarding to prove your character, even if you're only proving it to yourself, right. even if nobody else notices or cares. You're proving to yourself that you have the mental strength to, like, you know, finish to do right. it.
0: Yeah, finishing well is very important. And to what you were just saying, another way to look at this as you know, your character is only as strong as your last day. Is your your character is only as strong as what you do when nobody is looking yeah if if nobody is looking let's just take like a very trivial thing if nobody is looking and there is a piece of trash on the ground and you know you'd walk by it but then you walk by another piece of trash and there's a group of people around and they see you pick it up your character is only as strong as what you decided to do when nobody was looking
1: yeah for the validation or whatever
0: everybody For the most part, starts well. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's easy to. It's
1: fun. It's fresh. It's It's fun. Fresh. Yeah.
0: All that type of stuff to walk into a new situation, a new job, a new whatever it is, and to start well. Yeah. It is much more difficult to finish well. Mm -hmm. Um, And your character ultimately is only as strong as what you choose to do in your last days. Yeah. And if you pack it in and you, you know, whatever it is, like just know. And realize that you are showing your true character on your last day. Yeah. Um, And I think that we, in our society, we don't value the finish.
1: Yeah. Totally.
0: Even if it is just for ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we just think like, on to the next. Mm -hmm. But you're still where you are for a reason, you know? Yep. Might as well do well.
0: Mm -hmm. Number 20, failure is a gift, Fail early, fail often.
1: You like that quote. Isn't that a quote?
0: I don't know. I mean, probably.
1: I feel like it is. Me. <laughs> uh, can you repeat it? Sorry.
0: Uh, failure is a gift. Fail failure early, gift. fail often.
1: There is a quote I read. Speaking of quotes. A quote I read recently, and I don't remember exactly what it was, of course. But it was something about like fail. Uh, failure isn't an outcome it's a failure is not trying or something like that Mm. so like if you try something and you don't get the outcome that you wanted it doesn't mean it was a failure Mm -hmm. because the failure isn't not trying it at all right um and i i kind of have come to really believe that failure isn't a thing because either you um accomplish your goal of like the outcome that you wanted you know you figure out You did it or you learned something to apply to the next time when it's time to try again. Right. Which is not a failure. I mean, uh, the light bulb, like inventing electricity, how many times did he fail? Thousands of light bulbs. Thousands thousands and thousands. But every single time he learned a new thing about, I don't know, terms and science, electricity that he needed to know in order to get it correct. Yeah. So it wasn't failure. It was trial and error, Mm -hmm. which is all of life.
0: Right. And my thing is like, if you're afraid of failure, it keeps you from acting, and ultimately, totally. that is failing. Totally. Um, that if you do nothing, that is more of a failure than trying and learning. Mm-hmm. Because if you try something and you learn from it, then yes, that idea failed, or you know right. that um, method failed, but you did not fail. You learned. Exactly. You, you learned. What what method not to do now, or what thing not to uh, try, or what
1: you needed to tweak in order to whatever,
0: or even like let's you know talking about life, it's like you learned what uh, city you should live in, yeah, you what city you shouldn't live in, or not
1: necessarily what I should live in, but yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, or like um, you know you learned that that location or the, the, uh, that job, you know, it's like, it's not a failure to, you got this job and then you quit or because you didn't like it, you didn't fail. You just learned something else about yourself that you, that you Mm -hmm. don't like that environment, or you don't even, you don't like the act of that specific job. None of those things are failing. Those are all just trying things and learning more about yourself.
1: Yeah. I think, um, along those same lines, I was talking to a friend, um, and she was like, the, the way to look at things is not like, oh, this wasn't what I wanted or wasn't what I thought it was. It's, oh, I tried it and now I know it's what I don't want. Right? You know, it's like a completely different perspective shift of like being disappointed or being like, okay, cool. I figured out this isn't what I, what I want so I can move on to the next thing. It's like, freeing yourself mm-hmm. from that. It's a yeah. completely different perspective shift.
0: Yep. And along those lines too is that a lot of times we can let not it's not the failure. It's the perception of totally. others. Yeah. In that quote unquote failure. Yeah. That if, you know, you went to that school or you got that job or you moved to that place or you, you know, tried this business and you failed, then these people are going to know that, and they are going to think certain things about you. Mm-hmm. Number one, nobody ever thinks what you actually think they're going to think about you. Mm-hmm. Number two, who cares? Yeah. You shouldn't be letting the, the opinions of others dictate Especially the, the, the lessons and the life of which that you want to you uh, know yeah. live.
1: Especially the others who aren't going to see the the best of you. You yes. know what I mean? Because if they can't like, see that you're willing to risk, which is a positive trait, mm-hmm. I believe, th- then they don't matter. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if your friend is, like, against you taking a risk, I mean, obviously, th- there's, like, all sorts of nuances. Seek wise counsel. Yeah. But, but like, if they're, if they're going to shame you for taking a risk, uh, th- then you don't need them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. There's a life lesson from Sarah. Uh, (laughs) uh, Number 21 on my list is don't judge others for morals they don't believe in.
1: Totally agree. This is like my biggest thing about not to get all churchy and political, but this is my biggest thing about church. (laughs) Is that why can I expect, why Should we hold somebody who does not believe the same way that I believe to the same standards? It makes literally no sense. They're not holding me to theirs. Right. So I'm not going to hold them to mine. Like, I don't understand that at all.
0: Yeah. Like a uh, very, let's take a prime example of something like this, that there are certain um uh denominations i guess of the american christian faith who strongly believe that alcohol yeah. is a is a sin like yeah. a bad like they it they, they like, look at it as a sin that should be avoided at all costs you know a yeah a moment on the lips, um, you know, is, is too- a
1: lifetime on the hips. Yes. Um
0: <laughs> but, you know, it, it that that may be a little extreme. But the whole point of that is there are certain, you know, denominations of, of faith in America that very much think that
1: alcohol, alcohol a
0: is a complete sin no matter what quantity it is. Mm-hmm. Um and yet and so they will try to hold those moral standards over everybody. Mm-hmm in a free nation mm-hmm. um, and try to impose, this isn't so much anymore, but like, yeah. you know, try to impose laws even that keep people, you know, it's kind of whole prohibition type thing mm-hmm. um, to try to keep people who don't believe in the moral standard of which you choose to live your life. Yeah. They, they see nothing morally wrong with drinking and even drinking in excess. Right. It's like, why are you judging somebody else for the morals of which you have chosen to live by that ultimately they don't even believe in at all. Right,
1: absolutely. I think that it's absurd that we would be like, I know you don't believe what I believe, but please live by my standards. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like if somebody told me that, I would just laugh in their face. Like, no, I'm not gonna live by your standards Mm because I don't believe what you believe. So why would I force that on somebody else It makes literally zero sense? Yep. It's a soapbox of mine, I guess.
0: <laughs> Number twenty two. Groupthink is dangerous and creates teams not understanding.
1: Groupthink is dangerous. How is it dangerous?
0: Um, it's dangerous in the fact that it creates teams and not understanding. Um, so like
1: you're either on my team or against right. me.
0: If we all move towards in in um fall into this thing of group thinking.
1: Can we d- define group thinking? I mean. So that I have like a mental picture of well, like what we're talking about here. A
0: prime example would be conservatives and liberals. Uh-huh. Like that. Oh, I see it, you, what you're
1: saying. That Where there's like no room for nuance. Right.
0: Okay. That the group think is that you, everybody, if you are in, you're in, and you you think as the group. mm mm-hmm. Um, and there's no room for Ooh. understanding or other movement outside of that. Yeah. And so, and, but we do that with, with everything. I it's like, like, it's the mob mentality. It's like yeah. the, the, you start, you start small, like with this, you know, the, uh, a small group of people, but then that grows into a larger group of people. And ultimately the whole group thinks as one, instead of thinking as a group of individuals,
1: Which I feel it's, like it's a
0: group as a group.
1: That is probably my biggest pet peeve or something about being, classified in a group. Mm-hmm. I've always said that like um specifically about Christianity and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but what like what the church as a whole or something is preaching on one particular subject, I maybe don't necessarily agree with, but now if I tell somebody that I'm a Christian, they're going to think that about me because it's like a common knowledge thing. Right. I've also said that about um being a feminist. I am a feminist, but like I don't want to be wrapped into maybe the more extreme ideas about feminist feminism and mm-hmm. like, I guess the extreme ideas about Christianity. I've always said that. I guess yeah. I disagree with groupthink. I didn't realize it was groupthink. I, th- I don't think.
0: Yeah. Okay. I anyway. mean, it's, it's just in the fact that like even, let's just go back to like um, conservatives and liberals in politics. Yeah. We are in a spot now where it is two groups.
1: Right, you're you either, have one. You're,
0: you're either in or you're out. Yeah. There's no room for you to be a doubting mm-hmm. liberal or a doubting Republican, in that you th- you think that the the political um like way that we run a, mm-hmm. a certain piece of government should be you know this way, but also I disagree with the you know conservative um, movement in yeah. these things. Like, there's no room for that anymore, which right. means that there's no room for understanding. There's no room for compromise because if you are in you are right if you are out you are wrong there's yeah. and if you are to if you participate in something like you know especially with politics but you know in all things in life if if it becomes to the point where if you're in you're right and if you're out you're wrong then you're uh that means that what you are saying is that let's say that America is split 50-50 mm-hmm. right left you know mm-hmm. uh, republican democrat That means that you are saying that 50% Mm -hmm. of this nation's population is completely wrong in everything they believe because they identify with a a political party that you aren't, uh, you know, identify with. Yeah. That leaves zero room for understanding perspective and zero room for understanding nuance and zero understanding for any sort of compromise in what 50% of the nation Mm -hmm. Is looking for and yeah. wanting and it is the exact same on both sides. Everybody right. think like if, if you're on one side, you think that you are 100% right. And the other side is are idiots and there's no possible How could they possibly think that way? Mm-hmm. Then the other th- side is thinking the exact same thing. And you have 50% of the nation thinking that the other half is a complete idiots, And the other thing uh, half thinking that they're complete idiots and heartless. Mm-hmm. And it's not true that none of that is true mm-hmm. but that that happens because you actively engage in group thinking you think and it becomes this thing where just because you agree with one thing mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't disagree with others um, and that you can't operate with inside a certain philosophy or mm-hmm. you know whatever and it just destroys the individual and um
1: yeah i do like, think there's something to be said about individualism and new nu- i'm all about nuance everything is nuanced <laughs> nothing is black and white <laughs> that's yeah. what i feel <laughs> yeah uh yeah groupthink there you go so how do you avoid groupthink i mean i guess just you, be aware of it
0: you question you find you f- you find your why um, you know exactly why you feel a certain way, not that you f- you see it that way because the people you agree with see it that way, and mm-hmm. they put it on. You know, again, this is this. It's easy to talk about politics because mm-hmm. it's the it's a huge problem. Um, and, well,
1: and it's so prevalent right now. And you
0: have one news organization mm-hmm. that you can watch and agree with absolutely everything they say because they're on your side and then you can look at another one and completely disagree with everything they say because they're not on your side and it's- But the
1: truth is somewhere in the middle.
0: Right. Probably. And, but really, you need to not participate in that. You need to be seeking out sources that do not already confirm your biases towards Mm -hmm. the world and truly question things. Yeah. And that goes into, I mean, let's just talk about like entertainment and things like that. It, it's like the, the group thing can also be just that everybody is watching this one thing and like everybody's liking and whatever this one you know piece of art, whether it's you know a YouTube video or a movie or a book and you know, all that type. I of remember
1: thing. this very specifically about House of Cards, the first couple of seasons. Oh my gosh, I could not have a because con- I didn't start watching until three,
0: yeah, I don't know
1: or something. Anyway. Could not have a conversation with somebody without them saying, "Did you watch House of Cards?"
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> but the, what I'm getting at with this is not not it's not about that. It's more so about that uh, the group think side of it does not put ultimately push up um, the best art to the top. Yeah, it pushes the least offensive to the top.
1: Right, because it's the one that the most people right will agree with.
0: And we've. I've told this story before, but, you know, in a group think scenario where everybody's trying to find, um, you know, become one. Ultimately, the favorite color of every single group will always be blue because it's the least offensive color. Right. Um, And so that I think there's there's, there's lots of dangers in – not truly questioning why you think and believe certain things, mm-hmm. um, because then you fall into groupthink and you fall into thinking that half the population are idiots. Whenever right, I, it's not true. It's not true. Yeah. Um, and then we get to number twenty-three. America is not the greatest country.
1: <laughs>
0: um, America, Ruffle some
1: feathers here.
0: America is a great country. But America is not the greatest country.
1: I mean, I 100% agree.
0: I don't, and I'm not, You know, I don't even, I'm not saying this is a life lesson for me. Um, but, you know, if I'm explaining it, it is that I have no other country to say this country is definitely greater than America. Right. It's more so. And it's
1: also to recognize that we are privileged for being born here.
0: Yeah. You know um, what I
1: mean? Like, obviously, we're lucky.
0: But it's more so that being the greatest economic power doesn't yeah. equate to being the best country in the world right. it's the greatest at one thing of mm-hmm. creating money mm-hmm. at um you know stirring up and, and creating a strong economy Holding which ultimately sort of you know is good for the people you know strong economy is great it hel- helps us it d- does right. all these sort of things but ultimately americans are committing suicide yeah. At a higher and higher rate every year while the rest of the world drops, does that equate to being America the greatest country in the world?
1: Yeah, Not well I to also me. think this kind of plays into nationalism, right, which we've talked about and like um no, like it's just, it's just kind of absurd to think about um how much pride as an American you are sort of obligated to put in your country which is insane. I mean, we were all born here out of sheer luck. Like yeah. there's no reason that we were born here and not
0: anywhere else. Anywhere
1: else. We were j- we just were. So like it seems kind of weird to me that that America puts so much obligation on American pride. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, if you love America, cool, but like it's just a country. Right. <laughs> it's not it's not um on that sort of like philosophical emotional level it's not that much better than anywhere else yeah i mean it's just a country there are
0: certain things about america that america is greater yeah than all other countries in these like specific things but americans act like if you don't live in america then you are second class in that yeah you, you don't live a meaningful life because I mean, there's how a lot could of you?
1: entitlement and yeah being it's just American. being entitled
0: and you know, just through times in my life and then through travel and then through figuring out like what I would consider the true meanings of life. Mm -hmm. I think that America has the meaning of life as a whole completely wrong. Mm -hmm. I think that we all, America pursues the wrong things even though our uh, Declaration of Independence is about the pursuit of happiness and we pursue the exact opposite of what brings happiness right. in that. Um, and that's what we push on, you know, uh, that's the mentality, the culture that we live in mm-hmm. is like, really it doesn't, I could go like on, but it's mostly just recognizing that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other countries in the world. Yeah, And just because we are, just because America is a great economic power doesn't mean that there aren't other great countries yeah and there well, even could be greater countries in ways that you don't like perceive
1: i was gonna say it kind of goes back to the group t- group think mm-hmm. thing because uh, there are plenty of other countries that people were born in who live there and think it's the greatest country in the world right <laughs> even if it's maybe small or whatever they're like yeah this is the best place why wouldn't you want to live here mm-hmm. you know it's kind of the group think
0: yeah idea and also, there's that I get it. Like, there's that sense of like home. You have pride in like you know where you're from and like all that type of stuff. But I mean, I again, I, I mean, I have pride where I'm from. Like, I I'm like I'm, I don't
1: I don't think I've ever really felt that. Like to say like I get it. There's pride in where you're from. I'm like, nah. I don't think so. I like. Yeah. I feel like I don't. I don't feel like more pride because I'm um, from America, or because I'm from Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. But at the same time, if you saw something like um, in national news where Oklahoma won, or like, you know, like if uh, one of the Oklahoma um, state um, football teams, mm-hmm. like, you won the national championship, you would, like, take pride in that. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, Oklahoma won. Like, that, that I would Probably
1: be- only because I know the name, though, not because I'm, like, prideful of Oklahoma. I just, I don't, I've never really felt that idea. Like, that idea seems kind of foreign to me.
0: I mean, you don't have to feel it.
1: Well, I know. I'm just, I'm just commenting that when people say that, I don't really understand what that is.
0: But I mean, I think just it, to back to what I was saying though, I, I get that it. you It's having pride in, in where you came from, mm-hmm. and, and, your like upbringing and the thing that you, you know, were from. Like, I totally get it. But mm-hmm. it's just that uh, entitlement. Yeah, I it guess. crosses a line. I yeah. think
1: you can be, you can be proud, but.
0: Anyways, I mean. I could just leave it at. America's not the greatest country. Get over it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny. With uh, 24, um, honesty may hurt in the short term, but is always best in the long term. Totally.
1: A hundred percent. It's really uncomfortable to be honest, depending on in which way you're having to be honest, you know, because- I think i feel like i'm a pretty honest individual but i avoid conflict like at all costs so mm-hmm. if i have to be honest to a person about you know what they did or or what i did to them uh, just kill me please you know mm-hmm. but i do feel like if you can bridge that gap and be honest in a kind way both of you like come from an understanding position um like the relationship is so much deeper after that
0: and you know thinking about it in terms of like a job and or plans even like this is a good one um we'll cancel plans Mm -hmm. but we'll make an excuse we'll lie about it Mm -hmm. and you know you'll say that you know something came up or whatever because you don't want to say
1: i have nothing to do
0: I, i decided i don't want to like
1: i'm really bad at that and I don't cancel plans often because I I like to keep commitments. I'm like pretty whatever about that. But there have been some times where I like canceled plans because mostly because of my introversion. Mm -hmm. I could not. I could not. I just could not, you Mm -hmm. know. And so I canceled plans. But I said like, oh, I have a headache or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And like I'm trying really hard not to do that anymore because it isn't fair to the other person also I'm trying really hard when I say no up front to not make excuses for right it. I feel like that is something I'm not really good at I'm like oh I have to work or mm-hmm. which is almost never true like yeah. I, <laughs> nobody ever is like oh it's 8 p.m. on a Tuesday I have to work no that's like hardly ever true except for maybe in New York yeah and and um also like I just feel like you don't it's more of a um you don't owe anybody dishonesty. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't owe them a valid excuse for not going to the party if it's just that you don't want to go. Yeah. You know? Or you don't I, what I have a hard time with is like keeping alone time Mm -hmm. and like if somebody asks me to do something during my like scheduled alone time I feel really guilty because like well technically I'm doing nothing but I owe it to myself you know to keep Mm -hmm. that and I don't have to make an excuse right I feel like maybe I just said like 12 different things I'm actually not sure (laughs) but I feel like that's all really important to be honest not only to them but to yourself
0: yeah for sure, and like with a uh, a job too, it's mm-hmm. like you call in sick mm-hmm. and you like act like you're sick. Um, yeah, and this is my life lesson, and just in my experience. So mm-hmm. you know you can take it as you will, but for me, I don't like I I if 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 that was in me in my situation, like if if I was in that situation, I may say I'm going to take a sick day because I have you know, Mm -hmm. through my company benefits, right. I have a certain allotted amount of sick days. I, you know, but I'm not going to act like I'm sick or say that I'm sick. I'm just, I am taking a sick day uh, Mm -hmm. or I'm taking a personal day or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, I have, uh, I have canceled, um, on a couple, um, gigs, uh, as we've been in New York and I never said, I said specifically why, like, um, and I, I did not lie and say like, oh, you know, I'm sick or whatever. It's like, no, this is why, because I accidentally double booked myself, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously is, was the truth. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and the other one was more valuable to me. Like I could have picked either one, but it's like, right. and I told it like, this is a better opportunity for me to take. So I'm taking that. One. I'm sorry that I'm doing that, you know, but and I will deal with, you know, I hate doing this, but I will deal with the consequences of doing that because right. this is the choice that I'm making. Um, and in that, it's like in the short term, it's like it would have been e- easier for me because then it, to just lie and say, like, oh, sorry, I, I'm coming down with sickness. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to come in, like, whenever, mm-hmm. you know, in a couple of days or whatever. Um, and not doing that, I had – it's funny because uh, it's like I had a specific meeting with th- this one person about – and they were, like, just – on the fact of make, setting standards of, of what it means to, you know, cancel or not cancel it, because I didn't lie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like I wouldn't have had to do that if I didn't lie. But ultimately, it showed my character, mm-hmm. for you know, and for me and for, I guess, how – for me to fall asleep at night instead of thinking about it mm-hmm. all the time. It's like I just tell the truth, deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's much better to tell the truth and deal with the consequences than – deal with the future consequences of one either my own mental health just like going in a spiral of thinking about all the the things or the true consequences of uh, lying if found out later right. are way worse than the true consequences of just telling the truth up front. Yeah um, yeah, anyways. it's
1: true. It always feels really uncomfortable, but ultimately it is better.
0: yeah like it's
1: also very character building.
0: And if I if I zone out in the middle of conversation, I don't lie and just like act like you are really good at that. I and just act like I in uh, whatever like you know. Oh, just you don't try, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like play it off and like, oh wait, sorry, I zoned out for like four minutes. What 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 did you say? <laughs> it's like just be upfront and honest about it. I mean, yeah, I don't really. I but that's also I don't know, kind of soapbox of mine. I just hate lying.
1: You really do.
0: Um, also,
1: what you define as lying is insane.
0: well if if you are not speaking the truth then you are lying
1: no it's not not speaking the truth it's just um oh i can't remember we had this argument
0: yeah do you want to know what it is is about the how you exaggerate
1: oh yeah that's what it is i tend to exaggerate sometimes but I don't even
0: that s- is under exaggerating what you actually do.
1: No, it's not.
0: <laughs> I tend to exaggerate sometimes.
1: I do. I've gotten a lot better at my exaggerations.
0: But what, see, that, that's the thing is that when you speak about yourself, you're saying, I tend to exaggerate sometimes. But if you were talking about me, you would say, Cody always exaggerates.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Duh. <laughs> 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 Anyways, the point is, I can exaggerate sometimes as literally everybody does when they're telling a story. Thank you very much.
0: Figuratively everybody does, because literally everybody doesn't. No, literally <laughs> everybody does.
1: And anyways, you you feel like that's lying and I just think that's absurd. Also, it the thing that bothers me the most about it is the way in which you approach it.
0: Which is apropos again for oh, number okay. 25 is honesty can be spoken in love.
1: Yeah. Yes, it can be. Um, I feel like you've had to learn that.
0: That is one thing I've definitely had to learn.
1: And also, I feel like in that, well, like what we were just talking about when I said in the way in which you approach it or whatever is also the scene in which you approach it. Mm -hmm. Because you have no, or you used to have no problem calling people out in the middle of a whole group. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, well, first of all, that just, even the thought of it, is like bringing back a lot of anxiety for me (laughs) because I hate that so much. Like I hate somebody being called out or whatever Mm -hmm. in a group. Like it's just not fair to me. Um, And you used to like have no, you didn't even know that that was a thing. But you would do that like in a group situation. You would say something and then like call me out in front of the whole group and I would just, it was just awful. That is not in love. No. Yeah. <laughs> but you can definitely speak honesty in love. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're doing it correctly, that's the only way it should, well, first of all, that's the only way it should be done. Right. But if you're doing it correctly, so they will recognize the benefit of it. Like, even if you're having to correct somebody. hmm and like give what do you want to call it? Constructive criticism, you right. know? If you're doing it correctly, they'll it kind of it just diffuses the entire situation and there will be no like harm
0: done. Yeah. You owe it to those that you love and and, and to yourself and to those that you are um, I guess maybe literally or figuratively in charge of helping. grow in certain and whatever ways that to be honest Mm -hmm. and to approach things and and tell them honestly, uh, you know, the things that, you know, whatever it is that just you can speak honestly, um, but you can do that in love. You don't have to do that in um, harshness and whatever. And that is something that I very, 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 very much had to learn through my early 20s and into my mid 20s. Because I was always spoke honestly, and I, I could not hide my feelings. I could not hide the way that I thought about things. But I have had a very hard time putting empathy and mercy and um, love in that language. Mm-hmm. And so I just came off as a jerk mm-hmm. and as just way too harsh and just like um, like I didn't like people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and like there were certain people that i very much liked but i was in a position of leadership over them and we were just in, i would get into what um, sarah and many others that knew me they would say cody got it, you know he's just in work mode mm-hmm. and just because i would just be operating and i'm just being efficient and i'm getting things done and i'm being efficient with my language in, to you right. and what we need to do
1: Right. It's like waste zero time. Right. And and that means I'm not gonna play around. This is what I'm saying. Do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so it and the people on the receiving end, they did not were not in deep enough relationship with me to right. know that. Right. And nor was I presenting the information of which they needed to operate in, um, in a way that was received in like encouragement and love. It was just like, we are doing, we are all here to do a job and like,
1: do your job. You know, I was, you know,
0: in, in, I was officially doing mine. Right. um, Even in the language of which I spoke to those who were helping. Yeah. Um, And then also in just other situations of having, um, needing to have hard conversations with people. Mm -hmm. um, And just that uh, things that I, felt by the way that they were you know doing acting you know whatever it is mm-hmm. and choosing to sit down and have those hard conversations learning to have those hard conversations in in honor respect and in love even though I was speaking directly and I was speaking honestly and I was not sugarcoating mm-hmm. any of the feelings but there's a still a difference you can say the exact same words mm-hmm. um in the right, tone in the right environment and in uh, the right context to show that you care about them and that you love them enough to share this information rather than the same words being shown in just blunt honesty that is uh, received in embarrassment or received in, you know, know, uh, dishonoring them in in, in the moment. Totally. Yeah. So uh, honesty can be spoken in love. Um, Number 26, success. Is never a number. Mm-hmm. I think that this is one thing that um, is a soapbox that I have built for myself, um, <laughs> and we've talked about it a lot. And just your success is never in a number, and your self worth and the success that you are uh, pursuing is never in a, uh, you know, subscriber number, a follower count or a dollar amount. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I definitely, whenever I was like younger, I would see, think that, you know, a certain dollar amount of Mm -hmm. of money in the bank or a certain dollar amount of, you know, how much I am making Mm -hmm. is, is what truly what success was going to be. Like I'm, I'm looking for this, like in this certain dollar amount. And if, if you are chasing numbers as success, those numbers will never come because mm-hmm. when you get there, the next number is the new success. Mm-hmm. Um, you will constantly be chasing numbers, and for me, just learning that success is never a number. Mm-hmm. Um, success, success, is something way more meaningful and way more is way deeper than that. And mm-hmm. um, finding success in contentment, and finding success in. Um, in, in the actual joy of uh, the job itself or yeah. whatever it is. I
1: think um, I was watching a video interview of Matty Healy and he was talking, he never mentioned success, but he was saying there are all these things that we're taught is are like growing up that they are a destination, um, but pretty much like nothing in life is a destination. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about like, we are taught that happiness is a destination. Or that, you know, when this thing happens, then I will be an adult. Or when this thing happens, then I will be successful. But, like, nothing is an actual destination. I feel like that's important to a good perspective to have on those kinds of things that you feel. If you ever find yourself saying, like, okay, if I can just get this, then I'll feel happy, successful, whatever. Mm -hmm. Know that it's not true.
0: Right. Yeah. Very much so. Um. Number 27, the American church isn't the only or even best expression of Jesus.
1: Yeah. Well, we all know I have a whole thing about that. So, (laughs) yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. So that's one thing that I have learned, especially in my later 20s. Um, So I grew up in the American church. Um, I very much and I worked in the American church. um, And all of those were great experiences. But... Mm -hmm as I have looked back at Mm -hmm. things that I was taught and as I have explored the actual life of Jesus and as I have also read, listened and sought out differing perspectives Mm -hmm. and otherwise counsel other than my own circle of influence, I guess. Right. I have come to learn And realize that the American version of the religious entity Mm -hmm. of Christianity is not the only expression of Jesus, and I don't believe that it is the best expression of Jesus.
1: I think, you know, obviously we're going to be, like, fair here and say there are beautiful things about the church, right? But. It doesn't mean – it's. it kind of goes back to what we were talking about as, like, America is not the greatest country. Mm-hmm. It's, like, also saying, like, this isn't the only way to do church. Or, mm-hmm. um, again, maybe this isn't even the best way to do church, or maybe it is, or who knows. It's also it, – it's just that idea that, like, I guess being open-minded and being understanding of the fact that, like, you don't have all the answers and you never will, you yeah. know? And, like, it's a little arrogant to – to think that like, this is what church is. right? Right. You know what I mean? That there can't be other expressions.
0: And I also had to, uh, I guess, sub lesson in this is I also had to learn even um, at one point that my white expression in church was not the only expression of Jesus because I remember, I would um, go to these like conferences or whatever, and there would be these different groups of people that would come in and, you know, uh, basically um, they would uh, like do the worship service or, you know, whatever it was, like do productions, you know, just um, they would present their art of, Mm -hmm. you know, their expression. And I would be so annoyed because it wasn't to the level of excellence in which I think that things should operate. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that my personal preference and expression of my white Christianity mm-hmm. is not the only expression of God, mm-hmm. and that their expression of worship and their expression of art through who they are is an equal value, right? And equal merit and of equal excellence. Mm-hmm. and of what i experience it's just a different expression and if i am to actually understand the full picture of god then i need to actually look at all of the expressions of each of each individual mm-hmm. because ultimately i am only one tiny i'm i believe that i am made in the image of god but i am made in one tiny specific right image of god and only one tiny uh, expression and you know my uh, whiteness is an expression mm-hmm. of God, and another person's blackness is an expression of who God is, and another person's, you know, like uh, whatever it is, like right. it's it's that each individual person is another specific expression of who God is, in the same way that the each body of uh, or each group of believers like is another expression, right. and I had to learn that mm-hmm. and learn in all of those microcosms within the American church that maybe all of us Mm -hmm. have misinterpreted or we have all looked to the wrong things in that there is um, other, you know, uh, expressions outside of America Mm -hmm. that are actually diving deeper into the true meanings of things um, and not uh, seeking a lot of the things that the American religious expression is. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, I think so.
0: Um, anyways, th- that's just a lesson. Like, I don't know if I articulated that in, in the way that I wanted to because that's more of an internal lesson that I learned. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really, it was like bitterness too. Like,
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously we've both like gone through like, uh, well, I guess you would call it bitterness or whatever. Just like a season of really disliking the church, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. and having to uh, figure that out and having to figure out, like, okay, well, how do we remain a piece of this thing that, you know, is frustrating? And, like, what does it look like to even follow Jesus? And what does it look like to be a church? And, you know, all of these questions. So I feel like asking those questions, like, okay, what is Jesus Um, and then asking like, okay, what do I believe is like my expression of church or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and then like applying that to the greater whole. Cause I think I still have a lot of, um, maybe frustrations with the church at large. Mm -hmm. Um, but I understand the value in, um, in being faithful to it, I guess. Yeah. And like not leaving the church as a whole just because I don't think that it's necessarily yeah. correct.
0: There is beauty in the brokenness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are ultimately many, many, many broken things. Right. But there are also ultimately many, many, many beautiful things. I ultimately find that there is more benefit to my life in being a part of mm-hmm. than choosing to um reject
1: right or separate everything from.
0: because i th- i find certain things um like not necessarily even wrong it's more so and it's something's wrong yes but yeah. it's it but not necessarily even everything wrong it's more so skewed mm-hmm. that it's caring way more about things right. that are secondary to what we should actually care about you know just different things like that yeah um, And I I think just learning those lessons, figuring out things for myself, and again, like going back to last week um, when we talked about uh, everything I taught was not true.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, So moving on to uh, 28, um, men and women can have complete opposite experiences at the exact same time.
1: I would say that happens one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> yes,
0: um, and maybe this could even just be said that any two people, right, can be having two completely different experiences at the exact same time. But the lesson that I learned, though, right. would be more so that in our gender dynamics, that that uh, the way that. Generally, Mm -hmm. men would perceive one situation. Women would perceive it in a completely different light. And if you fail to communicate about each other's um, experience of Mm -hmm. what just happened or, you know, what did happen, whatever, that you go on living uh, thinking that everybody had the same feelings about something Mm -hmm. and that everything's okay or everything's bad or, like, whatever. And, you know, I learned this lesson specifically because I got married Mm -hmm. young um, and I, well, one, I think, just getting married in general. But I learned it through the lesson of the early years of our marriage, mm-hmm. of just the things, the way I perceived certain situations, mm-hmm. because there wasn't a, we didn't have, we hadn't learned how to openly, fully communicate with each other about our feelings in in the way that certain things were happening, and so I went on living years of my life thinking that everything was amazing Mm -hmm. and you went on living years of your life thinking that everything was awful Mm -hmm. and whenever we finally figured out how to communicate through going to counseling um in those counseling sessions it was like me dumbfounded (laughs) like i was thinking we were going to counseling for one specific reason like we was like we had this one thing it was like well let's just go talk to a counselor about it and then like We start talking and then all of this stuff is happening and it's like, wait, what, what, (laughs) when, how (laughs) you did win? How you felt really like, (laughs) like, it was like full, like, I was just dumbfounded Mm -hmm. that you could have experienced all of these things. Right. Literally the opposite of in which the way I experienced it. Right. Um, And so just the life lesson of that. Yeah, two humans. Yeah, can experience mm-hmm. something completely different. And if you I don't think, have open communication, then you may go years of your life feeling a, in complete opposite ways.
1: Yeah, I well, open communication, but also I feel, well again, self awareness. But it's it's an open mindedness to and maybe empathy to even I say this a lot. Like we only have our own experience and we're only in our own head. Mm-hmm. Like we can't know. But just the fact that like remembering that you only have your own experience i feel like opens your mind up to understand that there are other experiences yeah you know what i mean so i think remembering that too it just like helps you understand that okay maybe i should pay attention because somebody else like they're not getting what i'm getting not that maybe it's obvious again like for you it wasn't obvious that i was experiencing something else Mm -hmm. but opening your mind to understand that that is even a potential is game changing.
0: Absolutely. Um, and then on to 29 is I have to be in constant vigilance to not let screens control my life.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's every single person. Um, we are not good at it.
0: And I, that that is something that I am, I would say that's in the more recent years of learning Mm -hmm. um, in that it is so easy to let screens control me and not me control screens or me control what I'm spending my time on because of the addictive nature of social media, you know, movies, TV shows, like being on the computer, like everything. Mm -hmm. Like thousands and thousands and thousands of years Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of generations of people lived deep and meaningful lives without ever having a screen, mm-hmm. and now we spend the majority of our life looking at screens.
1: And it happens so fast.
0: And I'm and I'm thankful for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, it, we
0: are lucky to yeah. have been born in this generation where we get to experience the like huge like shift in knowledge and and like connectedness and yeah. everything that technology and, and all these screens bring to our life like ultimately i would never trade right like not having there are screens there a lot of positives like it's way more positives like to having like all of the technology we have but
1: you have to learn how to control it we
0: have to learn i've had to learn how to control it and i've had to learn how to um what is an appropriate mm-hmm. amount of you know helpfulness mm-hmm. that a screen can bring, or appropriate which, amount of entertainment I should allow a screen to bring me, um, instead of it being the my life that I yeah. live my life in a screen,
1: which is really interesting because we're also the first people who are having to learn uh, what is a healthy amount and how do you do that? There's like no history to go Mm -hmm. off of you know (laughs) like most things you can look back and and like find it or whatever but even the psychologists and the you know all these the scientists whatever they're all like well this is our best guess right (laughs) you know because there's there's no actual like proof like we are going to be the proof Mm -hmm. for future generations um which is kind of wild to think about that like like we don't we don't get to look at like sage wisdom and advice from those who have gone before on like how to control screens. Yeah, like it's all on us, which is kind of wild. It's a lot of trial and error, mm-hmm, totally.
0: And then uh, very um, going out light, um, no, that's not sarcastic. Um, <laughs> number thirty. Um, gear uh-huh. can become a mask. To hide the insecurity of your creativity.
1: Mm. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah.
0: Um, So, what that basically, there, with everything, Mm -hmm. um, you can seek out gear and Mm -hmm. tools. The tools can become the thing instead of the creation becoming the thing. And that ultimately you are seeking better and more and like constantly obsessing over what gear and what tools you should have for whatever hobby or whatever career or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and that becomes the end in itself and i think that the lesson is that it is easy to um that to become a mask and to hide to hide the insecurity of your creativity
1: i was gonna say i I think it goes back a little bit to what we were saying about how um success is not a destination and is not like an end thing and happiness isn't an end thing. It's just like that like the stuff you have, the gear that you g- gear in whatever form. Mm-hmm. Like not just obviously well, video yeah, or whatever. Video but, gear, like,
0: but then there's also uh you know, hiking gear. There's right, cooking utensils, I mean. like, the, like the, there's everything.
1: The stuff that you get in order to pursue this passion is not going to actually make you a good hiker. Right. Or a good cook. Like, it's just not, it's not true. It's not going to happen. So you should use what you have until your skill outgrows it. Right. That's whenever it's okay to, I feel like, purchase more Um, or whatever. Look for better gear. Um, Because the risk, right, is that you get so excited And you go out and you buy all this new cooking utensils or whatever. You sort of satisfy something in your brain when you do that. You're Mm -hmm. like, ah, yes, I've done it. And then you never cook anything. (laughs) Or you do cook stuff, but it's not to the level that you want it to be. So you quit. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't a true passion. It was just a hobby. It was just something to get excited about.
0: You buy the $1,000 guitar. Right. And whenever you sound like crap because you've never actually played guitar before, you right. give up instead of buying the $100 guitar
1: and spending your money on lessons to become better.
0: Right. And learning and practicing and getting to the point where you could not sound any better on this $100 guitar where now you you should buy right the, you know, $500, the $1000, you know whatever it is, like right. guitar because the gear now is holding you back right? instead of you hiding behind the fact that you're not actually good enough. Right. Um, and none of us ever are good enough. None of us ever right. are start out that way, and we but we obsess
1: mm-hmm.
0: over gear. And I have that on the list because I mean, I've fallen into the trap. Like,
1: Absolutely. Special, I mean, it's fun too. Yeah, gear you know? is
0: very fun. It's fun. Um, it's like, but ultimately, I have learned that for my medium, mm-hmm storytelling is king Mm -hmm. and whether you tell that story using you know Mm maybe if you're talking about video like if you tell that story using a phone Mm -hmm. and you tell a great story that is a way more powerful of a piece of art Mm -hmm. than if you spent you know three thousand dollars on the brand new 5d mark whatever Mm -hmm. um and you don't tell a good story right um nobody cares and okay. the art itself is amateur, you mm-hmm. know, because a, a great artist a somebody who has practiced their creativity, um, can, can use any tool to make it happen because right. the tool is not the ends to, the means to the end. Um, it is like the creativity is like that. That's what it is. And then versus getting wrapped up in being a gearhead, yeah. um, but not actually ever creating anything meaningful.
1: Yeah, I think you can also. The example I thought of, like for myself, is I always do this um, when I decide I'm going to exercise.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get so excited about like getting in shape or whatever, and I I feel like I need you know the best sneakers mm-hmm. and really nice Lululemon uh, right tights or whatever whatever you call them. Yeah, what do you call them?
0: I don't know tights. No leggings.
1: Leggings and um. You know, whatever, and like I, I feel this need to have like good shirts, mm-hmm. and then I literally never go to the gym. You know what I mean? And it's like th- the good shirt doesn't make you in shape. Right. Like that that is not a thing. So you'd be better spent. It would be better to spend that energy on the th- the actual goal rather than finding. Mm-hmm. the gear, you know what i mean? Like cuz again it satisfies something in your brain i think yep. to to be like yes, i have the workout gear that i need. You know? Mm-hmm. Then you're like you feel like if you walk outside you look like you work out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's not it's not true. You should just spend that energy on actually getting to the gym. <laughs> yeah. That's what i think.
0: One of my favorite uh, things to go to go with the gear stuff, and in relating that to especially how people feel about um, in the more creative, like I guess not that's photography, not the right like yeah. cameras. Yeah, just the photography, you know, that type of, of realm of things. You, um, my favorite thing to say about that is, if you go and have a great meal, and at the end of the meal, you never compliment the cook or the the chef on, oh wow. You must have a really great oven. Mm-hmm. Those pans must be like high dollar because this is yeah. a this is an amazing meal. Yeah. Um, but we act that way whenever it comes to like photography. Let's say mm-hmm. and like, oh dang, that is an amazing picture. You must have an awesome camera. Yeah. And it's like,
1: or vice versa, we assume that they're a great photographer because they have a nice camera. Right.
0: You know. And and that you know again plays into the social value of things. Yeah. That. You know, you want to be taken seriously as a photographer who, even though you literally just started, mm-hmm. and so you buy the $3,000 camera so you can walk out and you can be taken seriously, but you can't actually create any art worth taking seriously.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But mostly it's like, you don't, we don't actually compliment the photographer on the photo that they made. We, right. We compliment the camera. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and it's not true because so much more than gear goes into making a photo.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, dang. It's a good photo. What lens did you use? What camera do you have?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's true.
0: All right. So there. that's the end. That that was number 30. So those were uh, the first 30 things that I thought of that I learned uh, in this 30 years of existence on, upon the earth. Congrats. Thank you. You did it. I did it. I made it to the the ripe old age <laughs> of 30.
1: Remember when you were 18 and you really did yes, think it was old? Yes,
0: I do. I I yeah
1: man I remember looking at 30 year olds and being like what
0: well I remember whenever we moved to Tulsa and we were like 19 whatever um and the lead of the team was 25
1: Mm -hmm. and it's I thought he was so much older than we are we were I was like wow and then as we um got older I I would even whenever before I turned 25, you know, 23, mm-hmm. 24, whatever, I would think back on like you were 25 when we started this church. Mm-hmm. Can you Im- I could not even fathom being in charge of people <laughs> now. Yeah. You know, and like, let alone at age 25 mm-hmm. to be like, this is what we're doing, team. What? <laughs> no, no, thank you. It's wild,
0: yeah, so I have, I, Time, have you know? I have reached the age that there are maybe some of you listening to this who think that I am an old man, yeah, and I get it, I've been there um but you know it's it's the cycle of growing wisdom, learning, life, life? <laughs> <laughs> whatever, but there it is, I hope you enjoyed uh, my. My 30 lessons after 30 years uh, in this two-episode series. Um, Thank you guys for listening, joining me on this uh, journey. And if you want to help support us and help support this art, you um, can check out the Jensen AV Club. That would be greatly appreciated. And thank you to all of the members of the Jensen AV Club. Um, If you uh, forgot the Jensen Navy Club is our premium membership club that allows, um, gives you, I guess, like deeper access, exclusive content, um, and just provides different levels of tiers of support that you could, um, you know, help us keep consumerism out of art, and also just help us continue to create the art that we love creating um, without having to to seek out ways to uh, sell that to
1: advertisers other and
0: you know other people and things like that. It's just, a, um, you know, plus a way for us to connect deeper with you guys. Yep. So, uh again, thank you to the Jensen AV Club members that is over at jensenav.club and we will see you in the next episode.
1: Bye.